What's going down, everybody? It's your boy, Ray G. Y'all know where to find me on Twitter, at Ray GQ. And this is the Black Box Show. That's right, Black Box is back, and I am so excited because when Jordan and I created this, when we when we thought about what we wanted to do with the Black Box Show, we wanted it to be a little more real than just fantasy football. We wanted to talk sports. We wanted to talk life. We wanted to talk culture. And for the most part, it's just been us. Every episode has just been Jordan and I. And I'm excited because today I finally brought on a guest, somebody that reached out to me when we first launched our first Black Box show, Jesse Reeves at Clapback on Twitter, C-L-V-P-B-A-C-K. He is a streamer, a gamer, a content creator over on Twitch. You can find him all the social media platforms at Clapback, that's C-L-V-P-B-A-C-K. And in this show, we got to talk about why he stepped away from the fantasy space at the height of his fantasy career. For those of y'all who may be new to the channel, new to the show, Jesse was a data and film extraordinaire. He had jobs with PFF, Roto Underworld, and he was doing the damn thing in the fantasy space. One of the most respected fantasy analysts in the game. And he decided to walk away. And we get into why. Uh, he did that if he still plays fantasy football, if he still loves the game of football uh, in the Los Angeles Chargers living out there in California. We talk about him juggling content creation with having a wife and kids. It's a very difficult thing to do. And we also ask the question, Jamar Chase versus Devonta Smith. So I'm excited to bring the Black Box show back. Excited for you to check out this interview with Jesse Reeves. Let's get it. Check it out. Check it out. So this this episode is going to drop on the it's going to drop underneath the black box umbrella because this is sort of where I like to separate like Destination Debbie and the hardcore fantasy analytics film stuff to yeah. just like casual conversation about mm -hmm. sports, about life, about things that we see, like really anything. It's just black box. There's no direction. There's no show sheet. And this is. This is really cool because I have not done this show in probably like two months, you know, like everything started, like just different opportunities started to present themselves for me and I had to sort of step back from all the content that I was creating, right? And I had to sort of shift to focus on what this other company, my responsibilities and duties were towards this company. So you mm -hmm. are the first person... Um, on this show and the first guest that we've ever had on the Black Box show. And normally it's just Jay Rich and I, Jordan Richards. It's just us two. So again, shout out Jay for, Rich, baby. Yeah, shout out Jay Rich. <laughs> so again, for the people who are, are just tuning in and have no clue, right? This is the Black Box show episode. I don't know what, and it doesn't really matter. But on this episode, I'm, I'm very excited because somebody that I met through the fantasy football space that really sort of opened my eyes up to a different way of looking at fantasy football is the guest, the first guest ever here on this Black Box show, uh, Jesse Reeves. You can find him on Twitter at clapback, C-L-V-P-B-A-C-K, right? And yes, you could literally find him, go check YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> Twitch. He is a content creator and somebody that I, I truly admired in the fantasy football space and probably even more so now um, just as a content creator with what he does, Jesse Reeves. And for those of you listening to the show who just got in the fantasy space like a year and a half ago, a year ago, six months ago, 
you all you all were did not get the privilege to witness Jesse Reeves when he got on one analytics film like he is somebody that would blend uh, the best of both worlds. I, I talked about it a lot in my early Destination Debbie episodes. It was him and Peter Howard were my go-to analytical guys. Jesse's the one who told me a long time ago, Ray, dude, Antonio Gandy-Golden, I know you like him, but <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, it's probably not going to work out. And so far, even in a different space, Jesse has been right. But uh, I really want to just introduce you, Jesse, and thank you. And we're going to dive into a lot of stuff tonight, F- free-flowing conversation. But please, 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 just what's up, bro? Man, hey, first of all, thank you thank you for just having me on, bro. Um, I know I reached out to you. I told you, like, let's hop on a mic. Uh, I had to reiterate, hey, it's not a comeback. But, like, listen, you know, I, we, we've had some great, great conversations, football-related, even just about life and stuff. And um, I remember a couple months ago, you announcing having the black box. And I think I reached out to you then. I was like, hey, yep. we got to make something happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, um, you know, with it, it was it's a little you know, it's about sports. It's about other things in the space, yeah. just life in general, man. So I knew uh, I knew that this 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 collaboration was bound to happen. Um, and I and just thank you for having me on once again, lending me your platform, man. And uh, just getting on here. It's always a pleasure. You always bring out the best of me football related or not, man. We always just have this. This good, uh, this good chemistry when we hop on mic. So I, I knew it was gonna be a good time, man. We do, and you know when I when I introduced you, I, I meant to give you the freaking air horn. So I got an air horn, uh, Jesse Reed. Somebody comes in with a new follow. I'm like, hype horn, point, 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 bro. Yeah, dude. Those, uh, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, thank so, you. The, the the question I asked you before we started rolling, rolling. I was like. Dude, do you still watch football? Do you still play fantasy football? Because you stepped away. Like you, I, I would say, I, I, you were kind of like Andrew Luck, bro. Like you were <laughs> really onto something big in, at that time in your life, right? Like at that season in your life. I remember you had grinded out. You were working on draft guides. I mean, you complete total database. I mean, you were really coming for something, man. I think you had a couple of opportunities. I'm not sure if it was, uh, that you, the, the companies don't matter at this point, but I know you had some big companies looking at you and some opportunities and you stepped away. And, uh, what was interesting about your kind of journey? And again, for those of y'all who missed the Jesse Reeves era of fantasy football, you really, you missed out on something beautiful, but I think he's evolved into something even better, right? Because what was interesting about you, Jesse, is you were very transparent about where you were um, in the fantasy football space. Like when you were at your highs, everyone knew Jesse Reeves was on it and he was at his high. But there were times where you weren't as high. Like you were, you were, I would say, at a lower point, right? And you were very transparent about just where you were mentally, uh, just... It, just tell the people, just tell everybody, like, do you still watch football? Do you still love it? Do you still watch, like participate in fantasy football? And just how you transitioned away from something when I'd say you were one of the people close to the top of the game to just step away from it the way that you did and really step away from it. Like you didn't bullshit and like be like, oh, I'm stepping away. And then six months later you came back or two weeks late, like you were done. Like I, I haven't seen any market share talk from you. I haven't seen any breakout like you like clean split, man. So just how, how did you do that? Do you still love it? Like just talk to us, man. 
Yeah, man. Uh, first off, I think you, I think you might be overselling my impact on the game, man. I don't, I, I don't ever look like, you know, uh, t- and that's, I think that's another big underlying factor of why I stepped away is because I didn't look at it the way that maybe other people did. Um, I didn't look at my, I didn't, I didn't wake up every day and say, yeah, I'm on my bullshit today. Like I'm going to, like, I have these companies on, on me and I, I, you know, I'm the best in the data game or anything. I never, I never really felt that. And I think that's, um, probably one of the conditions of, of why I left, but, um, I think we'll start. Let's just start at the top, man. Yes, I absolutely love football. I still watch it. At Sundays, we shut it down. You know, we get the appetizers out, bro. Chargers jerseys on. If there's, if if all my kids, both my kids aren't wearing Chargers or Chargers apparel when they wake up, man, it's failed day. Okay, we got to get them decked out. We got to make sure they're, you know, they're they're uh, rooting for the home team. And uh, football is something that I'm always gonna love, man. I'm I'm always gonna love it. It's something you know I've 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 been hardcore into for um, over a decade now, man. And, um, I don't think I can ever fully step away from, from that, man. Um, uh, for as, as, as well as fantasy football, man, I put a lot of time and a lot of energy into, um, into my craft there, you know, and, um, and, and I still have love for it. I'm, I'm in three dynasty leagues. I got a home draft that's, that's going to be popping off next week. Um, you know, we're, we're cutting it close. It's raised it down to the, (laughs) down to the wire, but I mean, Thankfully we did uh, because, you know, we still have injuries and all that stuff that roll through preseason. But, um, you know, yeah, man, I'm still I'm still in love with with fantasy football and playing it. And I think I was was kind of saying, too, that um, I have a I have a more a more casual outlook on it. But I I have more of a joy when I watch football and when Mm. I'm participating in fantasy football because I've stepped away. Um, And, um, you know, you throw you throw a lot of questions at me. So I'm going to try and try. No, no, no. what, What I wanted to know was like. You, in in our opinion, in our eyes, right? Maybe not in yeah. yours, because I do understand what you're saying. Because even sometimes to me, like people are like, dude, Ray, you're, and I'm like, I, I guess, like I know I'm doing well in the space, but I'm just, I'm doing my thing. So for for you to step away at what, let's just say, you were good at what you did. Let's just let's just say that. I think regardless yeah. of, of what superlative you want to put on yourself or what player comp, you know, I said Andrew Luck, you know you were you were good at what you did. Yeah. How difficult was that for you to truly just step away from you see people now, right? Like you see people on Twitter saying like I want to do this as a career. I want to do this like you're so lucky, Ray, to have DLF or FTN or have this and you know people may have said the same thing about you Jesse you're you're fortunate and you're lucky to get an opportunity to work with Roto Underworld and all these other companies and then you just walk away from that like you just say I'm done I mean how difficult of a decision was that or was it not at all and you were like dude fuck this I'm done with this bullshit (laughs) like I mean what was it for you how was it yeah uh it was it's it's tough man uh I dealt with it for for a solid, like, you know, month, two months, it was taking a loss, bro. It, it's really taking a loss when you pump that much time and energy into something. And I know, you know, this firsthand, cause that's what you do, man. You know, like this, this is what you do. This is your, this is your life. Um, and, um, so I can speak from that perspective. It's like taking, you know, I grieved for a while, man, um, to, to put that much time and effort and then to have people look at me sort of, um, you know, how you mentioned, you know, like, uh, uh, kind of, kind of up there with the big dogs, you know, being able to, to, to put out a piece of, of content, even just a tweet and it get 150, 200 likes on just something that I'm talking about a player catching a football or something, you know, like the most redundant things that anybody can do. And I have this, you know, I have this following, I have this thing that I've cultivated 
and I've decided to, I've decided to let it go. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. I grieved. I grieved. I definitely grieved on that for, um, for a while. The decision was not easy to, uh, to, it wasn't made in a night. It wasn't made. Um, and, 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 and even over, you know, two weeks time, this is something that kind of built up over, over a long period of time. I just fell, I fell out of love with the thought of being a fantasy football analyst. I fell out of love with the grind, with the comparing myself to others, I, I, um, with the trying to keep up with everybody in my space. And um, I think that's, you're muted. You're muted right now, Ray. I, I've got to stop you because you yeah. said something that I do not want people to gloss over. And again, just being transparent, you said you got tired of comparing yourself to others and sort of the competition. Just go into that a little bit more. I didn't mean to stop you, but that is in, you, that is so important, yeah. the, the comparison of ourselves to others, not just in this fantasy space, but this is, this is bigger than just fantasy. This is life. So just you, you, you touched on why that was difficult for you. So just a little bit more onto that, Jesse. Yeah, no, um, I think it's human nature to, when you're in a field, doesn't matter what you do, especially when you have maybe just sort of a drive to, um, to be the best and stuff. You're, you're comparing yourself to other people, man. I compared myself to you. I compared myself to Evan Silva. I compared myself to Peter Howard. I compared myself, any fantasy analysts out there, didn't matter what the following was. It would, I compare myself to those, to those people. And, um, I think my headspace at the time a year ago too, is in my head, I don't match up in my head. I don't match up with these people. Uh, I don't match up. My analysis doesn't match up. Um, what I'm putting out into the space. I, I, I believe I, I, I mean, I, I want to believe that it's quality, but I got to a point to where I didn't, I didn't believe that. I didn't believe that what, you know, um, the people that I was telling, uh, the, 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 the tweets that I was putting out, the articles that I was writing, I didn't believe in it. It got to a point to where I didn't believe that I was stacking up with the Matt Kellys. Mm. I didn't believe that I was, um, that, that, that I was good enough to do it. I didn't believe, um, that, that I should work at an FTN. I didn't believe that I should work at PFF, which is where I landed, which is, you know, I say what you want about PFF. You know what I'm saying? I got nothing but great things to say. I love PFF, the team there. They're all incredible. Um, you know, I, I, I absolutely love their fantasy department. Everybody over there, nothing but incredible things to say. And I, I landed there. That's where I, that's where I inevitably found out that, and it took me and, and just picture that I'm not trying to tout it or anything like that, but I mean, P, working at a, a place like, like PFF or FTN or ESPN or um, fucking Roto Underworld, all these play they are highly they are highly sought after platforms that people go to to get the best fantasy football information they possibly can. I'm working at PFF and I'm still comparing myself to these to to other. I'm still comparing myself to Ray Garvin and what he's. I'm still comparing myself to everybody else that's in the space. And in my mind, I'm not stacking up. I'm not stacking up. So I think that's one layer of, of, of one layer of something that definitely drove me to, to step away from the space is that it wasn't a, it was definitely not a healthy mental um, balance to be doing that. Right. Like Ray Garvin is Ray Garvin. You are you, my man, you are you. And I am me. I, you should never be comparing. I should never be comparing myself because what I have to offer is completely different than what you have yeah. to offer. We're never going to be the same. What we can do is we can collaborate, we can connect, and we can do cool shit together, and we can always bring that to the table. But, um, yeah, I, I hope that answers the yeah. the, the, the question because I'm, I'm 
it, w- when it's going through my mind, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to process it as best as I can. But I think that's just like one layer of, of how I felt at the time and, and something that made me step away. And, and I'll always be transparent about that. You know, I'll always be transparent about the fact that, um, you know, there, there are times in that, in that industry and it's so isolated, man. It is such an isolated industry. It is such a, uh, a bubble. And when you have that mindset for maybe anybody that's thinking about getting out there and doing their thing and, and wanting to get into this space, fucking be you, be yeah. you. Don't ever compare yourself to anybody else. What you have to offer the space, it might be like, you know, 15, 20 other people, but you do that as best as you can and be you. Don't compare yourself to these people that you read, read things about or that you read their yeah. articles, that you do their thing. Don't compare yourself to them because you're not going to be them. But I didn't know that at the time. I didn't, I, that's not how my brain was working. That's not how I was functioning. And uh, it definitely took a toll and, and that's, um, and, and it kind of escalated, um, to a point to where, uh, as well as other things, um, you know, I, I've always been transparent about, you know, mental health struggles too. I deal with anxiety and depression and stuff. And I think a lot of that was, you know, coming on, um, because of stuff like that, you know? Um, and, and yeah, man, I, I, that, that's, that's kind of where I was at with the comparing myself um, to yeah. other people in the space there. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting to hear this because um, not only do people need to be themselves, I think you have to enjoy it, right? And mm-hmm. if it gets to a point where you truly don't enjoy it, like you're like, and I'm not talking about the grind because I'm sure as a, as a content creator, what you do now, and we'll get into that. It's still a grind. There's still long hours. I'm pretty sure there's times where you're like, I'd rather fucking go to sleep, but I have to stream. Like I've, I've mm-hmm. got to do this, right? I'm not talking about the grind. I'm talking about where there's no, where there's no joy in it. Right? Like you're just like, what, what am I doing this for? Like, what am I doing all of this for? And then And you're right, because it is layers, it's levels to this shit, right? Because you've got your own personal stuff that you have to deal with as a content creator, right? You you talked about your kids, you're a content creator, you're a... Like, there's all these things that you have to juggle, and when the mic turns on, and the cameras are on, and the lights are on, people on YouTube and Twitch... They don't give a shit about what is going on in your personal life. Like, it, you may have some people who who will reach out, but for the most part, they're following you because they want your analysis. They're following you because you're entertaining, and they don't want a down day. Is is as crazy as that sounds. If you post a video, you better bring it because if you're not doing it, there are fifty other people who are. So if it gets to a point where that isn't fun anymore, it's not enjoyable. It doesn't bring you joy. Then, then that's a problem, right? And what I see now, Jesse, um, you know, a, a lot of people on social media, they look at follower count and they get really pumped. And I remember I, at one point in time, there were milestones that I wanted to hit. I'm not going to lie. I remember when I wanted to hit 5,000 and then like 10K was the big number and then it's 15. But lately, and, and I mean this truth, I don't care. Like I yeah. want more eyes on my product, but I don't... I don't do follow Fridays. I don't read. I, I'm not in retweet groups. I don't care about any of that, right? Because so much of social media, I don't want to see. Like I went through probably about a month ago, man, and I just unfollowed a bunch of people. Like I just there are certain things, and I've always talked about it. Like when I open my Twitter, like I want to be able to control what I consume and what I see. And there are a lot of things, man, that I just 
whether it's sports related, whether it's social justice related, whether it's politically charged, whether it's fitness, whether it's food, there's certain things I just don't want to see. Like I just went through and I, I, I just, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm not trying to be rude. I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see your tweets. I don't want to see what you're talking about. Like when I open this thing up, I want to see a couple of things and then I go about my day. But what I've noticed, man, and you, I, I consider you, if the Ryan McDowell's and the Evan Silva's and the Graham Barfield's, those guys are like the OGs in the game, right? Like they've been around, Matt Waldman. Uh, but you, you've been, you were in the fantasy space for some time. Like you weren't a newbie when you stepped out. You had years in the game, right? Yeah. When you sit back now and just look at... <laughs> I'm sure you see it all, right? I'm sure your your audience has changed a little bit because of what you do, but I'm sure you still are very much tapped into the fantasy space and the fantasy people. But I asked Ryan McDowell this question. I texted him two weeks ago, and I said, dude, was it always this toxic in this space, in this brand-driven, salesy, and all he texts back was absolutely not. Like, it has not always been as nasty and as dog eat dog, crabs in the bucket world that it is right now. Have you noticed a shift in how people sort of treat each other within the fantasy space since you've stepped away for a little bit? Oh, that's, that's a, that's a really good question. And, and no, I haven't because it's not a shift. It's just more prevalent now. Uh, and we talked about those underlying factors. Um, maybe not even prevalent, maybe prevalence, not the word. Um, it's more exposed now. It's more, it's more out there right now, whether that be because we're in a heightened time of, of sensitivity, whether that might be because social media has gone, you know, last year was an insane year. A lot of people on social media, a lot of people coming over, a lot of people had nothing to do. It's more exposed now. It's more out in the open. I feel like, and, and I'm, I I, I won't lie to you. I'm not super tapped in, but a lot of my feed still is football. I still keep up. I still keep up with the start sits. I still keep up with you. I still keep up with Peter Howard. I still keep up with a lot of people. And a byproduct of that is still seeing what's going on in the community. Um, Now kind of backtrack a little bit to when we talked about those, those underlying um, layers of things that kind of caused me to, to leave the toxicity in, in, in the fantasy football community was absolutely something that pushed me away. It was absolutely something that pushed me away. Um, because not only do I not believe in myself at at the time a year ago, um, do I, do I start to feel like, you know, maybe I'm not up to par, but then I'm having to defend myself against people who have something to say every single time I say something about somebody. And, and, Maybe, um, you know, I, I don't think it ever got to a point of, of being combative. I don't think it ever got to a point of, of some of the things that I see now. There's been a couple incidents that I've seen over the past couple of weeks that have really gone sideways. And, and it's an unfortunate thing. Um, I mean, we don't have to get into that or anything, but maybe it's because I was, I don't know, maybe I was well liked. Maybe, um, you know, people respected what I had to say. I don't think it ever got to that point, but it was there. That type of toxicity has always been there. And I, I did experience it at probably more minor levels, but I felt it, man. I felt that shit like a tidal wave. And that was definitely something that caused me, um, to, to step away. One, one thing that it was, was rough is, is how hard, um, and I, 
I say this very carefully and I say this with as much love as possible because I've been in that fucking space. I, I know that space. Like you said, I have some years there. Um, I'm, you know, and, and so I say this with as much love as, as possible, but, um, for a community that prides itself in being, um, being inclusive and making sure that everybody is welcome and making sure that um, we're, we're all friends and we share as much love as possible. A lot of motherfuckers had shit to say, a lot of negative shit to say that rubbed me the wrong way, whether it be to me or to other people. And like I said, I say that with a lot of love because there are so many people that I respect in the industry and that um, I will always continue to go back to for analysis or to continue to just have a conversation like this with. But it was there. That toxicity was there. And like I said, for a community or industry that prides itself on, on being inclusive, there's a lot of instances where people are being shut out of that space because they don't agree with something that you say, or um, they don't like something that you say. And that just rubbed me the wrong way, man. Uh, So, you know, I, I, I definitely saw that tweet from Ryan um, and, and that exchange between you two. And I was like, you know, I kind of disagree. It's cause there's been a layer of that for a very, very long time. We're just lucky that we have the Scott fishes. We're lucky that we have yeah. the, the, the Ryan McDowell's out there yeah. to kind of equalize that. Right. We're very lucky. You, you guys are very lucky to have those people, um, you know, in, in that industry to kind of hold it and mold it all together, man. Um, because there are a lot of people that do good. Like I said, I say that with as much love as possible because there is a lot of good that comes out of, uh, out of the industry, man. It, it, it basically gave me a career that I would still have if I had, if, if I had chose to, to stay there. Um, but yeah, I, and <clears throat> like I said, it could be a lot of things. It could be heightened sensitivity from the pandemic. Yeah. A lot of people, it could be so many different reasons, but it has always, it has always been there. Um, and that's something that ultimately drove me to just kind of step away from it because I didn't feel like it was as much of a community as everybody's touting it to be. It's not as much of a, it, it is, a, it is a business venture and in industry. Let's not, let's not forget that. And it is an incredible one at that. You know, I want to be very careful about what we throw the term community on because, uh, you know, a community is, is, is when we come together and we, we yeah. lift each other up. And sometimes we don't have enough of that or, you, you know, there's not enough of that in that, that let's, space. Let's, let's, let's keep it 100. You know what I'm saying? Let, let, let's, let's keep it real. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you see people toss around family and, and community and we're all together Listen, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but that's all bullshit. Um, you know, it, it is. It's it's funny because um and and I and I don't I don't want you to to specifically name names, but when you are transparent, when you were going through your your struggles in the fantasy space and we're open about those on Twitter and, and voiced how you felt, where you were personally, I'm pretty sure um, you know, a lot of people were uh, liking it and, and commenting, but probably very few actually really reached out to really check in, right? Like to truly like, dude, are you good? It's the same thing I see um, when there are things that happen, whether it's in the world, social justice wise or on Twitter with with uh, race or whatever. Everybody wants to have this outrage and then they, they look for you for something, but very few people actually check in, right? You know, it's... Yep. It is 100% a business. Like, it, it, what, what the fantasy space is, if I told everybody in the fantasy space, if you switch up your flow 
and you do this, you can make a couple of thousand dollars a month, if not more than a couple thousand dollars a month, you do it. Like the, 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 there are, there are some people that I truly believe just sort of talk fantasy because they like it, right? They're, 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 there's no motive. There's no ulterior motive. They just like football. They want to talk fantasy. But I'd venture to say that more people than not would love to have jobs with PFF, to love to have their own morning show on FTN, would love to be Evan Silva and have 100,000 followers. So this whole community aspect, it's only community as long as the the receiving party is getting something from you, right? When it's mm-hmm. when it's time to really back your brother or sister, uh, you see very very little of that happening. You you, you see quite the opposite. And as a content creator, um, majority of the stuff that I do is free. It's on YouTube, it's on Twitter, and it, it, podcasts. I don't charge for podcasts. Just about everything that I do or did was free. Would sit there and answer questions at nauseum on, on Twitter, responding to folks. And it is difficult sometimes when you get the trolls or you get people constantly, every time you say something, They've got some slick shit to say. Something's like, dude, if you don't like it, if you don't like the fact that I like Jalen Rager, just find find another channel, right? Like right. you don't have to continuously harass and berate. And I think to a certain degree, and it's me looking in the mirror, we all have a little sensitivity. Like you, you put something out and you you it's not even the fact that you want to be right. I think you just want to be respected. Like this is my take. You don't have to agree with it, but at least be respectful, bro. You don't have to be a complete asshole. But everybody wants to be, and I'm going to use a name here, and I and I and I, and I, and I don't think that it's disrespectful. Or he would take it anyway. But everybody can't be Matt Kelly. Everybody yeah. can't have that sort of asshole persona. And let me say this: like as big of an asshole as Matt Kelly may perceive to be on Twitter. Behind the scenes, he's not that. Like he's not. Like I not know even close. Him. Not he's, even he, close, man. I, I yes, I've had the pleasure of working for Matt Kelly as well, and I one hundred and ten. He's a solid pro- dude. Oh man, beyond that, bro. Beyond yeah. that, man. He yes. is. He is very, very solid, man. Yes. Yes. So agree. so let's let's just talk. Let's shift gears a little bit because creating ta- content is creating content. It is difficult. It is a grind. But for somebody who's and I, and I hate using this word because your identity is so much more, but we're just talking in the context of the content creator role. Like you were in fantasy football. You stopped that. Did you know that you wanted to start stream streaming video games? Call it, did you know that's where you wanted to go as soon as you stopped? Or was it a period of time where you didn't know what the hell you wanted to do and you loved what you loved that side of what you did, and you said maybe this could like. Did you know, or did it all just sort of happen organically? Uh, uh, there's a lot of overlap there. Um, I was I was doing fantasy football content, um, slowly getting to that point to where I was ready to call it quits. And um, I, I remember, you know, I would be up all night writing an article for PFF. I would submit it, and then. Um, I would go and hop on my Xbox, man, and I would just decompress and I would just play some Warzone. I'd just shoot some shoot some people, man, in um in, in Warzone. And 
Um, I remember I had I had built my first PC as to be a, a a computer that could handle more data consumption, that could handle more data manipulation, larger data sets, things that I could do more with data to be faster and be better as a fantasy analyst. And and here I am, um, you know, you know, two two months after after building it, or a month after building it, and I'm 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 playing Warzone on the damn thing, you know. I was I'm 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 just playing Call of Duty on it, um, and I so I remember. I remember coming to the end of the road in fantasy and I remember just having this outlet, being able to hop on with the boys and play some Warzone and be able to uh, just decompress from just life. And then, um, you know, I had a friend of mine. He's like, hey, man, you should just pop on a stream and just fuck around for a little bit. And I was like, all right, cool, bro. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, Fast forward two weeks after that. And I'm like full blown addicted to it. You know what I'm saying? I'm full blown addicted to it. And um so when I said overlap, like I'm a content creator, man. And I'm here I am, I'm playing, you know, 10, 12 hours of Warzone on stream. I'm in front of a camera. I just got done, you know, kind of, kind of calling it quits on, uh, and, and, an endeavor that, that, that I really loved. And it just kind of dawned on me that like, like I'm, I'm not going back to like, I'm not going back to work, bro. I'm not going to do like, that's not my, that's not my path, man. I know that I have something very like I have in, something interesting about myself. I don't know what it is. Still to this day, I don't know what what it is. But I enjoy playing video games. I enjoy being on camera. I enjoy talking to people, and those are things that came through in the fantasy space. These are things that I've cultivated in the fantasy space. And that being said, like stopping, you know, stopping uh, my my fantasy journey, you know, career, whatever at PFF. I just knew like, I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to work for myself and I'm going to put my stamp on every piece of content that I own myself. I'm not going to spend 10 hours writing an article for somebody else, for somebody to argue with me about it. I'm going to get on stream. I'm going to play video games and I'm going to cultivate what I think maybe, you know, was lacking. I'm going to cultivate a community, a sense of community, a, a, a place where I can put my content out for myself and I'm going to have fucking fun doing it, you know? And that's, you know, I, I won't sugarcoat it, man. It comes with the same mental struggles as anything else that you do. Anything else. I, I still experience some of the same struggles that I had in the fantasy football space. But when I lay my head down on that pillow at night, I know that everything that I've worked for today, that goes to me. To that doesn't go to anybody else. That shit goes to me. It's not going up on somebody's website where they get a whole cut of a subscription. That shit goes to me. And that's something that I really, as I got deeper into, you know, on Twitch and um, into creating content, I really found that, number one, there are so many more mediums to be exposed to than Twitter, man. It is so, there's so many more fun mediums oh, to be man. exposed to than Twitter. And secondly, that um, I found way more gratification in, in, in being able to stream and put out that content for myself. And it kind of snowballed from there, man. Um, you know, I, I am by no means um, probably... 100% financially stable. Same thing I wasn't. I wasn't either when I was working in the fantasy <laughs> industry either, man. Um, but it, it definitely, it, it definitely as a content creator, it seemed like, it, like it was a, it was a good move and it was kind of seamless too. I just, yeah. I kind of grew. I evolved into that. I didn't, it didn't, um, to answer the question, I didn't know it was going to happen. No, I didn't. I had no idea it was going to happen, but it seemed like a lot of the things that I had learned from the fantasy industry, um, and then kind of had just this spark and I was like, I can do more than that. And then, th then it snowballed and I just kind of evolved into, um, posting content on 
so many more platforms and and creating the persona that you guys know now clap back you know what i'm saying and um and just yeah like it was just a snowball effect it it it, there was time overlaps from when i had stopped fantasy to when i started streaming and creating more content for myself but i did i i did know that when i that when i quit when i quit pff and i didn't didn't work there anymore i knew that i the one thing that I that I knew at that time was that I was going to continue to be a content creator and that I was not beholden to one industry as a creator, as an artist. I was not beholden to that right, one space. Right. And that I, I have so much more to offer the content creation space. Uh, you touched on so many things, so many things that just I'm 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 this is this is a podcast, but Jesse, I'm smiling because there's so many things you just touched on. And, and one more time, I'm, this is a conversation with Jesse Reeves at Clapback on Twitter. That's C L V P B A C K. TikTok, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel. Go to his Twitter. He's got all his socials pinned on his pinned tweet, so you could find him. Join his Discord. Make sure you check him out. Support Jesse Reeves. But you you, you touched on. You owning your product, your content, right? And that for me is the Nipsey Hustle mentality, right? And for those people who don't know who Nipsey Hustle is, God rest his soul, Crenshaw, rapper out of California. I, I think he was on the precipice of being one of the best in the game before the his legend. life was tragically taken away legend. from him. But his whole mentality was, I'm going to build my own and pour back into my community, right? He had so many opportunities to join up with Rock Nation and Jay-Z. He could have been with MMG and Rick Ross. Like everybody wanted Nipsey Hussle on their record label. And he just preached, own your own masters. Like when I create something, it's mine. When I I get 100% of the profits to do with what I want to do with, dish it out to people, take some, but it, it's the whole, and that's what shaped me. Because I too realized, Jesse, um, and, and I'm so grateful for uh, DLF, Dynasty, all these places that I wrote for and did stuff with. I'm so grateful for them. Matt Kelly, Red Underworld. But whatever I was making, like I was making this much and I was giving them this much, right? The mm-hmm. exposure that that I'm aware that my brand and my name brought to those companies was worth way more than the money that I was being paid to perform said tasks. And it got to a point where I was like, I can do this shit on my own. And whether I succeed or fail, it will be mine. It will be mine. When I, when I, Jesse, when I made it to a thousand YouTube subscribers, I was so proud. I was so proud because I did it. I didn't do it behind the back of CBS. I didn't do it on the back of Fantasy Pros. I didn't do it on the back of ESPN. Like I got it out the mud from my kid's toy room you know, late at night in a two bedroom apartment when we, me and my wife had to do like, I did this, you know what I'm saying? Like every yep. milestone, every patron, I did that on my own. Right. And yep. I say that, but I had, I had good people on my team. I had Jordan yep. on my team. I had good people pushing me. I had good people willing to come on my show, but you talked about that. And that is so key for content creators to understand, because I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference between being a content creator and just sort of being an employee for a company. And I'm not trying yeah. to bash on anybody's thing, but when you have to do <laughs> the recording, the editing, the graphics, you got to pay for your own, like when you have to do it on your own, there's something different about that. And I don't yeah. care 
what medium that is. I don't care what we like to think because I too once thought fantasy football was a bunch of fucking nerds, right? I'm like, who would sit there and just <laughs> yap about that? And yep. I know a lot of times, even me, even me in the the lack of information or education that I have about the gaming world, I'm like, people really sit there and watch somebody else play a game? And then I get on there and I'm sitting there watching it. Like, I'm, I'm watching it like it's, it's, inter- it's, it's not, I think it, we think about it as just like watching somebody play Super Mario Brothers. But when you're watching a dope content creator entertain while they're doing it and you're invested in it, like it's a different world, right? Like, yeah. and I remember one of the most, the, the funniest thing that I've seen you, you post or one of the funniest things are the just, I, I'm like, did he really not know that he was on a stream with J.R. Smith. Like I saw that <laughs> clip and I'm sure that's one of your, probably one of your highest viewed ones. I, I would assume um, maybe you've got more, but when I saw that, I'm like, this dude really went from talking breakout age to playing game with J.R. Smith, man. Like that's crazy to me. Like, so just for the people out there, did you truly not know you were on a stream <laughs> with J.R. Smith, man? Okay. So yes, the, the, Yes, that particular <laughs> night, um, it did it did come as a shock to me, man. Uh, yeah, so I, I have a, a really really good friend. Um, shout out to the boy Meech. He, uh, dude, just an absolutely great dude. I connected with him through Call of Duty, and at the time he was he works at Bleacher Report. He was working at Bleacher Report. Um, see, even when I even when I get away from the sports world, Ray, yeah, I can't good. get away from it. I just I attract these people, man. Um, and so he worked at Bleacher Report, and um, he was on the kick side. So he interacted with a lot of basketball players, a lot of NBA players. Um, and you know, he's, you know, I met him, uh, through just on a whim, you know, he's one of these, he's just, he's one of these enigmatic figures. You know what I'm saying? He's, I think that's the right word. Maybe I'm not using the right yeah, word. I think, so. I think so. He, he, yeah. He's like one of the one, one, he's just one of these, he's, you're just kind of drawn to him. And anyways, one night, um, we're, we're playing and, and mind you, I know he has connections. I just didn't think he was going to flex them on me in a way that he did. Okay. And, um, he's like, Hey, you know, we hopped in, you saw the TikTok. He, we hopped in the game. He's like, Hey, I, I have another person that wants to play his name's swish. Now, mind you, I'm not a very, like I, uh, everybody knows who J.R. Smith is. Like he's, you know, come on, bro. This J.R. Yeah. Smith, the 2016 yeah. Cavaliers, LeBron James, you know, like yeah. everybody knows who J.R. Smith is. It didn't click to me that, you know, his nickname is Swish and that, you know, his username on Call of Duty is is Swish and it just nothing connected. We're playing. We're even talking about basketball. We're talking about the six man of the year award. And, you know, it just I'm and this goes to show you this, how locked in I get to my content and how locked in I get to um, playing the game in my community and stuff is that I I just it, it went right over my head, man. They're talking about the six man. I even made a remark. I was like, yeah, they give out six man of the year awards. And JR goes, yeah, I I know, man. And then my boy Meech goes, hey, JR, where do you keep your six man? And JR goes, I keep it at my mom's house. And I was like, oh, yeah, bet. And it just I didn't even like it didn't even register in my mind until as the clip, you know, showed that until after when he had told me. Like, hey, that was J.R. Smith. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> and, um, you know, hey, lo and behold, man, that was a, that was a really cool moment for me um, just as a person too. me and J.R. We've we've connected actually multiple times since then. Um, 
we'll DM back and forth, you know, and um, he's he's been somebody that that has been just really cool to me, man. He's just been somebody that's that's been kind of um, uh, an inspiration as well. Dude, you know, a shout out to him. He just went back to college. He's playing golf Um, like he's you know, he's just he's he's somebody that every time we link, we have incredible vibes with. And um, and that's another thing, too, man. Uh, Shout out to anybody that's doing content, bro. You never know what type of connections you're going to make off of one piece of content. If I maybe if I would have let that blow over, maybe we maybe we would have been cordial and cool or maybe we would have never have met. But I made a, a really cool piece of content highlighting the fact that I'm playing with J.R. Smith and I had no idea and he loved it. And, you know, we've, we've played Call of Duty since then a couple times on stream, off stream. Um, he's de- definitely been somebody that um, that I admire and that I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to have to have uh, linked up with, man. And that was that was a whirlwind, bro. That was so, a whirlwind. So tell me how you monetize gaming. Because I truly don't know. Um, I, I have because I create content on the fantasy side and NFL side. I have an idea, but I'm like, how do you do it? I, I know in the fantasy space, a lot of people have Patreons. You know, we all know with certain number of YouTube views, which we need a lot to actually monetize that for any significant money. But how do you how do you make money? Playing a video game, and I know I, I am not trying to be disrespectful to the profession yeah. because I ain't, I'm not an idiot, but I'm just trying to break it down for the audience as simple as possible. Like, yeah. I've got an Xbox. I, like, how do you make money doing that? Yeah. So, um, in in my case, and a lot of other people that that stream on on Twitch and stuff, playing playing games, there's multiple forms of revenue. Man, you can you can have partnerships um, with with specific brands that are in the company. I or within specific brands that are companies that are willing to partner with you. Um, say if you have a larger following or something, um, you will, you will get a cut if you get it like a, there's things called codes on products, you know, code Ray G on, you know, something, you know, you you know, the vibe. Um, but I, I would say my main source of income is directly through Twitch. Now Twitch has a subscriber program after you become an affiliate. Okay. So there's, there's a bunch of benchmarks that you have to reach to become what's called a Twitch affiliate. An affiliate is somebody who basically just has a subscription button. You have a bunch of customization factors and stuff like that as well, but, um, you get a subscription button. You have to average like three viewers. You have to stream on X amount of days and things like that. And then Twitch will give you a subscription button. Um, now if people want to support you, they hit that subscription button and it's $5 a month. And basically with with the way things go right now, Twitch takes a lot of a lot of that money as well. So they take, I think they take like fifty percent of that just to host you on the platform. But you get another fifty, or you get fifty percent of of every single subscription that comes your way. Um, that's that's probably the most basic form of of um, of being able to monetize. But there are all, again, there are so many other ways for you to monetize if you are reaching if 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 you are branching out onto other platforms. Okay. So I found in particular, and this goes not, this just is a content creation kind of thing. If you're looking to monetize, you need to have one finger in, in, in 10 different cookie pots. You need to have one, you need to be, you need to diversify. Um, I found, you know, TikTok is my most successful platform. Um, Mm. I have yet to monetize it. Um, I don't think I'm big enough. Just there's other reasons why I haven't monetized it um, in terms of like viewership and stuff like that. But I'm currently pushing around 30,000 followers over there right now. Um, and you can make money on that platform alone. It's a booming platform. You can you uh, YouTube is monetized um, Instagram too. you can get brand deals and stuff through that. But 
the main form through Twitch is, is through that subscription button as well as donations and all donations that come through on Twitch go directly to the creator as well. Um, subscriptions are just more of a month to month thing. Um, donations fully go to you, like to your PayPal, all that good stuff. But, um, that's something that 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 I definitely didn't learn on the in the Twitter bubble of fantasy football is how deep you can really take oh. your content, man. How much further you can really you can really reach. And um, as a creator too, I w- I I just want to say, um, when you do diversify diversify these things and 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 you kind of branch into so many other platforms, monetizing becomes so much easier. It becomes so much easier for you to gain forms of revenue. When, when you're out there and you're putting out a YouTube video and you're putting out, you know, five, six TikToks a week, and then you're, you're, you're active on Twitter, people see that stuff, you know, and whether it be for, for, for video games, whether that be for fantasy football, what, no matter what that be, if you branch out further than that Twitter space where you're just writing 280 characters on, on, on that one website, I promise you being able to monetize comes so much easier to you, man. Um, but yeah, in particular to just playing video games or anything else, there's so many other people yeah. on the Twitch platform that do incredible things. There's people on there that fucking quilt and that they, they average 150 viewers a night, man. And those they're getting they're getting incredible amounts of revenue from those minute. people. They're paying their <laughs> bills, man. Quilt like mm. I'm going to make a a make a quilt. Hey, you would be surprised at how how people how people want to know how to make things from scratch like that. And the people that are benefiting from that are the people that are willing to show it live on stream. Yeah. The people that set up that that camera and they're like, "Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome in today. Today I'm going to be knitting an Avengers quilt for my nephew. Look, this is how I do it. This is how I knit. This is how I. This is exactly how I stitch all these the the you know the Iron Man on. This is how I do this. And people want to see it, man. People want to see See, there's no limit there's no limit there's Ray no there's limit. no limit it's, to it and and it's just this, this is something that you touched on earlier and I wanted to talk about is we live in this Twitter bubble and we think mm-hmm. everything just is it like uh, it, the best way that I can say it is 50,000 Twitter followers means absolutely nothing for YouTube it means nothing mm-hmm. on Twitch like it's it's amazing to me when I started to branch out into other platforms, Instagram, yep. Destination Debbie, Instagram, Destination Debbie, YouTube, I tried the Twitch thing and just I wasn't in it enough. And then it's tough. The yep. fact that you can juggle those comp- those platforms because they're all different. Like the the the, the content that works on Twitch doesn't necessarily you can't just rip it and put it on YouTube. You can't just rip it and put it on Twitter. Like everything is 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 you you can record one piece, but there's you have to chop it up for each platform. And that's why the grind is so difficult. And I have so much respect, man, for anybody that I mean you see it here. I got the stream deck right here. The, the, the fact to do what we do as content yeah. creators, it is limitless. It's limitless. And I think for me to watch your, because you were somebody that I looked up to in the fantasy space, right? You were somebody that I came to to learn more about what I wanted to do, right? So to watch your maturation uh, through that space to what I thought was a high level in that space. We'll just say that. You were yeah. 
if you can't continue to love it the way that you once did and you stuck with it, there's no doubt in my mind. And there's probably, you probably know deep down inside, you would have been one of the better analysts in the game. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. But to watch that evolution and then the transformation to a new space, right? Because you didn't go into that new space, the clapback that you are today. I mean, yeah. you had to, I remember you grinding that thing. And there's always that spot when you're doing something where you're putting so much work into it, man. And the the beginning, you're not getting the views that you think you should get. You know how many mm -hmm. things that I've done, Jesse, whether that be on YouTube, a podcast where I, like when I finished it, I was like, this is a smash. Like, yeah. this is going to be so dope. And then you drop it yep. and it just wet fart. You know what I yep. mean? And you're just like, I, I, I put all that time into this. And it fails. And then I tweet out, Tom Brady's the GOAT. And it gets 50,000 likes. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you the people I mean? want, bro? Like, like, what, like what, what do you like, people want? <laughs> or, or you start to look at yourself like, damn, yeah. maybe I'm not as good. And there is comparison. You know, I've, I've got 8,000 YouTube subscribers, but I still look at people who have 100,000 and say, well, I want my I want fifty thousand views a video. Like knowing good and well, Ray, you're not there yet. But yeah, I still to this day like compare myself. Like I I, I want to be the best that I can be. Right, I want to be the best that I can be, and I want to kick people's ass in the space. Like I want to be that dude. Like I want to, and I know there's steps to it. But just to watch you, man, grind your way to where you are now. And I can only imagine where you're going to be in a year from now. It is, it's humbling. It's impressive because I know how difficult it is. Like I truly know that it is not easy. So when I tell people who are listening to the show to go support, make sure you go on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and, and, and everybody's financial situation is different. So nobody's telling you to go in there and but if you can support, and support can be a variety of things, hit subscribe, like, follow, share monetarily, but support good content creators. Like quality content creators deserve support, I promise you, because we do not have the backing of these big name companies of NFL Network, of CBS, of 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 ESPN of Fantasy Pro we don't have that right yeah like we don't have that backing and support so everything that we do all the hours that we give up all the time that is spent into creating something for your viewing pleasure um those those small tokens a subscription a share uh really go a long way and and I mean it when I say this uh, Jesse, I, I, I am very proud of what you've been able to accomplish in such a short time. And I know uh, that it's only going to continue to grow and get better. Um, but before I get you out of here, we're going to have a little bit of fun and we're going to okay. switch gears back. We're going to switch you gears mind, back. I, I, I want to I hit on something that, that you oh, said no, real please, quick please, too. please, please, please. Um, it's going to extend the conversation. No, 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 no. You are this lending your me show. your platform, bro. Um, I want to touch on something that you said, man, uh, a little bit, just kind of, kind of made me think of this. I, I had two points. I'm probably going to ramble about this one for a second, but I think no. that any industry, uh, especially a creative industry and artistry industry, um, 
they do a good job at compartmentalizing creators and artists and putting them in a box to a point to where they feel like you need, you need to have that backing of a CBS. You need to have a back in my case, maybe a company, um, you know, a, a, a keyboard company. I need to have this partnership before I have validity before I have this. And that's just not the case, man. That's just not the case that you don't need this backing, um, from, from these big, these, these big places to go out and do it yourself. Now, it's going to be a lonely experience, man. I promise you for a while, it's going to be lonely. I know you can attest to those nights in, in, in your baby's room where you're pumping out content and you, you, some nights you don't feel confident in it. Some nights you're like, man, I wish that could have been more of a banger. I had something else planned, but this could have been it. And then you put it out there uh, and, and, and it blows up or maybe it doesn't, maybe it, maybe it doesn't get the reaction that you wanted at the end of the day. That's still your content. And it's hard for people to wrap their minds around. And especially me, cause this is like kind of an attitude that I cultivated in my beginnings as a fantasy analyst. I needed that PFF backing. I needed that for validity so that people understood that I'm about my shit. And in reality, I think that my journey taking me over to Twitch and owning my own content has shown that you don't need to be, don't focus on being a, a fantasy analyst for somebody else. Don't focus on, own your content, be you, and realize that you don't need that backing from anybody else. The only you are the product. You know what I'm saying? You are what's going to drive. And I think you're a perfect testament to that, right? You're a perfect testament to you being the product and 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 really just going all in on yourself. Um, and that kind of goes back to like what what you were saying, um, what you were saying about not having those backing. I think like in a vacuum, the, the Twitter space, it makes you feel like you need to have that, right? Like if you have ESPN or FF in your name, and that's something, like I said, that's an attitude that was cultivated there. I needed to, I needed to, I needed to be with that big website because that's going to give me the, the resources that I need to get to where I want to go when in, when in reality I evolved and I grew so much more outside of that doing something completely different, but I am 10 times the content creator that I ever was in the fantasy space. If you thought I was good, then I'm telling, I'm telling you, if you thought I was good, then bro, it's shut, man. I, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. If you thought I was good, then I am 10 times the, I'm 10 times the content creator that I ever was because I decided to branch on because I decided that like, you don't, you, I, I don't need that. I don't need that. You don't need that. So any content creators that, that are coming up in the space or whatever, you don't need that validation. The only thing you need to do is write out your tweets, make that video and press fucking send, man, edit that shit and press send. Don't think about it. Just fucking just do it. You don't need the backing of anybody else. And the Twitter space, it will make you think that you do. It will yeah. make you think it will put you in a box that makes you feel like to compete with other uh, with other creators and to compete with the best of the best that you need to have that that freelance writing gig over yep. at wherever. It will make you think that, man. And and just just beware because you don't, man. You don't. And I'm preaching that right now because I wish that I would have known that. Yeah. It took me stepping away from the space. It took me stepping away and and really evolving into a different style of content creation. It took it took that for me to realize that if I would have just taken a second, um, kind of maybe put a little bit more self-worth and self-love and care into myself, into my soul, and I would have realized that I don't need anything else from anybody else except for myself and the love and care 
maybe things would have turned out different. So if you're in this space and you're thinking about doing that or any space for that matter, man, any content creation space, any, any form of, of artistic development, um, fucking just, just hit send, bro. Hit send, send that DM, send that fucking, send that video, bro. Just fucking just do it, man. Um, so yeah, what you said kind of brought that up. I just wanted to to, to kind of yes. get that out there, man, no. because um, you know there's so many more avenues, man, and 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 I think that when you get so deep into something, and and sometimes you lose sight of of what it is that you really want to do in a space like fantasy or in a space like Twitch, and and I'm even dealing with you know some of it now, man. It's 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 a lonely road as a content creator. You know, when you step out, and you do start to do things by yourself. And I don't know if you can attest to this, um, you know, to, to, to the listeners and stuff like that, but there's lo- it's lonely as shit, bro. It's, it's, it's yes. lonely. Not even like, not even, you know, not even at the family barbecue when you're hanging out with your, your aunts, your uncles, your nephews, all your friends and shit like that. And everybody, you're all having a good time. And Hey, what do you do? Well, you know, I'm a Twitch streamer, I'm a content creator. Oh dude, that's so awesome. But they don't, they don't understand. No. They don't get it. It's cool to them, but they don't fucking understand what it's like to sit at this desk in front of this camera for 10 hours a day or to sit down and to to, to stitch and edit um, content together or to sit there and to write that article, to put that podcast out for right. you to for, for what it takes for you to even get me on this podcast to formulate yeah. questions to ask to do it. They don't they don't fucking get it, Ray. They don't get it. They never they'll never get it unless you do it either, unless you do it. And it is it is. It is thankless. And I, I don't know, maybe, um, maybe it's a different dynamic, but e- even in a sense, like my wife knows what I do. She knows that she knows that I'm a content creator, but even on the most, on, on the most intellectual levels, when I'm having a bad day, sometimes it's hard to communicate that with her, how I'm feeling about my views, how I'm feeling about yeah. the way, you know, everything is going. It's a, it's, it's tough to communicate that. And it is a lonely fucking job. So you bet my moral of that portion of my story is you better fucking love this shit, man. You better love it until the day that your heart stops. If it's really what you want to do, because if you don't, you're putting yourself through a lot of emotional stress. You're putting yourself through a lot of hell. So that you can say you're somebody that maybe you're not, bro. You know, yeah. and you so you better love that shit, man. You better love that shit because it it will pay off. It pays dividends. I mean, it pays dividends in the end. You know, you just got you just gotta love it, man. You just gotta love it, bro. You do. And um listen, like I said, I'm just happy that I was able to pull you out of retirement for a little bit mm-hmm. just to just to chop it up with you yeah. because um th- that's why I have so much respect for content creators because it is hard. I mean there's like no off time, right? Like I'm already thinking about, okay, Christmas break, like what am I going to do? Because you can't just take two weeks off just because it's Christmas. You can't just take off because, dude, when I went to my aunts for Thanksgiving, like I'm traveling in the airport with my podcast equipment because I can't miss a show. And I do not, and I I have always said this, I am not a fantasy analyst. Like that's not what I am. I like football and I just talk about what I see. And even in my Twitter bio, I have my belief in myself is stronger than your doubt in me. My yeah. belief in myself is stronger than your doubt in me because there's a yep. lot of doubters out there. There's a lot of haters. There's a lot of people who want to see your downfall as much as they preach this love and community shit. Somebody would gladly step over me to sit here with this backdrop and and, and do stuff with, with Bets TV and FTN every day. Um, but it says creator of football content because that's what I am. I create football content. I'm not a fantasy analyst. I'm not a gambling guy. And as much as I appreciate and am humbled by the opportunities that have presented themselves for me, I don't need 
anybody. Yeah. Like I don't mm-hmm. need FTN. I don't need bets. This I don't need. Ease. I don't. I, all I need is myself and my belief in what I'm doing, and I know I'm going to be successful. And I'm sure you feel the same way. And I hope that the people listening, um, this is just applicable and every. It's so easy to sit back and comment and throw stones about, oh, your rankings suck or you suck at Warzone, or, but it's a lot harder to sit behind the camera and do it. If you yep. think it's so easy, if you think it's so easy and I stink so bad, you come to sit in my shoes and let's see where you're at in a year and a half. You know what yep. I mean? Like it's, it's easy to throw stones, but it's very, very difficult to do what we do. And I am just, I, I am truly thankful to have you on. I am glad that you found um, although there are difficulties for you as well, I'm glad you found a space that that you enjoy more because I did see a point where you didn't enjoy it anymore. You were good at the analytical stuff and the film, yeah. but it got to a point where I could tell, like this dude, like he's about to blow up on somebody because yeah. he's not you're just not in it. Yeah, you're just not in it. Um, but uh, before I let you go, we are going to talk a little fantasy, a little football, because I Bad. just have some burning takes, okay? Okay. And okay. I know that you're a Chargers fan, so tell yeah. me, Dynasty, Justin Herbert, I mean, is he top five Dynasty quarterback? You know, you got Mahomes, you've got Josh Allen, maybe Kyler, maybe Dak, you got the young guys. Is Herbert up there already, in your opinion? And I was I was shocked at how good he was last year, because... He, he he wasn't at the top of my list in 2020 for the rookie yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, did he shock you, and are you all in on Justin Herbert? Oh, he absolutely shocked me. Anybody that that might be listening to this that did have the pleasure of knowing me knows I was on the Tua hype train. Yeah. I was all about Tua. That's all you need to know. Tua was the Messiah. I still think he's a great quarterback. I still think he's got he's to get a little bit more under his belt. We, got, we understand he's – last year – I, I think we just, I mean, you don't throw it to the wind, but you got to understand he's coming off an injury. And there there was some flashes, man. There was some flashes of him being a very, very good quarterback, man. He had his moments last year, but um, Justin Herbert, I don't think, I don't think anybody expected the, the, the poise, the professionalism, the output that, 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 that young man had in an offense that was otherwise stale as shit with Anthony Lynn at the helm. Okay, and and for him to come in in week two after Tyrod, uh, the punctured lung thing, you know, the memes were (laughs) the memes were ridiculous for him to come in and do what he did on such little notice. I think that speaks volumes to him. Now, don't give me the don't give me the, uh, you know, teams didn't have, you know, enough tape. There were four fucking years at Oregon that you could have seen some flashes of what he did in the NFL. The only difference is he did it on your favorite defensive player. Okay, so leave it alone. It's he, he that's it. It's the facts. He is that good. He is as advertised. Um, top five. That's it's top five dynasty. I'm probably looking at taking him top five. Definitely. Uh, I do. I do have a, a super flex redraft league, and it's not applicable necessarily to dynasty, but I I wanted to be in the back half of that the, the, that yeah. first round so that I could pick him up because I think that he's a bargain in the super flex league there. Um, and hey, take it with a grain of salt. I'm just a wash up fantasy analyst that still loves, <laughs> loves football. But for me, man, the, the production and the output, even if he does regress a little bit, we're talking about, you know, at, at, we're still talking about quarterback one. Regardless, if even if he does regress a little bit, correct? Uh, yeah. Analytics yeah. and a- analytically, yeah. we're still talking about him being a quarterback one, even if he regresses yes. a, a handful of touchdowns, um, you know, some yards and stuff. 
it, I, I, I absolutely don't think, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, maybe, but I think we're talking about, there's quarterbacks that are incredible. I just don't know if it's dynasty is applicable. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers, you, we th- you got to throw Aaron Rodgers in yeah. there for sure. Uh, top five, Russell Wilson is also a very, Ross, very good Ross. man, but I'm putting, I'm putting Justin Herbert. If you ask me, I'm taking Justin Herbert right after Patrick Mahomes. That's it. I mean, Kyler Murray, I'll debate. I'll debate on Kyler Murray. I'll debate on the Josh I'll Allen. Take Herb- like, I'll take Herbert over Kyler. I'll take. I, I think you can you can comfort comfortably lump Justin Herbert in there. In my personal, maybe too hot for whoever you know. <laughs> people might be steaming from their ears right now, but I'm gonna put him in that second tier. I'm gonna put him right in the mix where it's okay. preference between him, Josh Allen, and and Kyler Murray. I think we all know that Patrick Mahomes is tried and true, and yeah. I don't think you pass on that consistent level of um of points in 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 any fantasy format if you have the opportunity to grab him. Um, uh, especially super flex, but Justin Herbert is, is definitely in there. I don't, I don't think you make an argument. Um, Dak is great. Dak is good. I don't think there's an argument that Justin Herbert is definitively worse than him though. You know what I'm saying? There's, fair, there's an fair. argument to be made that he's better than Dak, but I don't think there's an argument that says that he, that Justin Herbert is worse than Dak That's Prescott. Fair. I think Dak That's Prescott fair. is properly, I think he's properly ranked. You know, I think he's probably, he, he's right there. Give him that five, six, maybe seven. If you're feeling frisky kind of quarterback ranks, probably not seven. Maybe I'm out of my lane here and I'm talking okay. um, a, a, a little too much, but you know, I'm in Texas, right? You know, I'm in Dallas. I do. Right? I do. I do. Listen, I, I like Dak a lot. I love, I love Dak a lot for me. If I'm, if I'm talking, you know, dynasty, I'm at the, at the top of my board. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. I love me some Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, um, Russell Wilson as well. But yeah, those are, those are kind of the okay. quarterbacks that, that, that I think are at the top of my heat, but Justin Herbert, listen, don't, don't, don't sleep on him. Okay. Don't so sleep I gotta, on him I gotta, ask, I gotta ask you about this rookie okay. because I remember the tweet where you were like, I like him, but Ray, you are, you are sick. You are a sick man. Remember uh-huh. my Najee Harris love. And I was touting Najee. Mm-hmm. Is top five like 2019, yes. 2020, and yes. it, you know you're out in California, so you you know it, Najee's the real deal, right? Just give he, me some confirmation bias here. I just need oh, some confirmation bias. He's been that way. He's actually from um, he is from the next town over from me. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I've seen him in, in high school. It's the same, yeah. it's the same form of, of dominance. Great, great running back, man. I wish, I hope nothing but the best for him in his career at Pittsburgh, okay. man. That's he's right. he's so, a baller. He's a baller. So I know that when you were at your prime, uh-huh. the wide receiver position, you broke it down like no other. I mean, it was yes. you and Peter Howard. It yeah. was you and Peter Howard. You broke down. I mean, you had a formula. You had a system, uh, uh, an analytical system, but you also, I know you looked at film too, okay? Mm-hmm. So I just need, and listen, this is just your honest opinion. If you were still in this space and you were looking at the prospects, would you have rather Je- Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase? I think this is the question that everyone is tuned in for because I know your 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 breakout age or age adjusted production. You're the one who taught me this. Yeah. Jamar Chase, the dominant LSU king, right? Number one wide receiver picked. Devontae Smith, I mean, BMI is low. He's the slim reaper. Uh, we got no testing numbers from him. We know he's good. I mean, the first wide receiver to win the Heisman Trophy since Desmond Howard. I mean, you don't just – they just don't give that award out to receivers. Yeah, yeah. 
But Jesse Reeves, where do you stand on the Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith battle that just happened all draft season and even now in the NFL? Where are you at with those two? Yeah, it's 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 Jamar Chase by ten oh, miles. Jesus, it's Jamar oh, Chase by ten God. miles, bro. I'm I'm sorry. Okay, I'll, I'll state my case, and let me just dig deep in the mental database that I have. Okay, Devonta okay. Smith. I I believe it's he he either had uh, I believe it was an age twenty breakout. Is he? I, was, I believe it was, it was an age, age 20, twenty breakout. Age Listen, 20. I haven't looked at any data. That's just off the top of my head, right? <laughs> like I said, I'm ten times the I'm ten times the man I used to be. Imagine if I was on my shit right now. Okay. Listen, that's different. You know, we'll we'll get we'll get a mid a mid season podcast going. But okay, Devonta Smith, age twenty breakout. I know he's coming from a place where you had the Jalen Waddles. Um, you have Jerry, uh, uh, Henry exactly the Jerry Judys. You have so many other you know people that supposedly held Devonta Devonta Smith down. Okay, now let's just backtrack a little bit. Okay, everybody's favorite wide receiver right now, Ray. What's his name? And did did was he or was he not the best rookie wide receiver of all time? Justin Jeff- Jefferson. Is that is that the man? Yes. That's the yes. man, right? He's the man. Yes. Jamar Chase is better than him. Jamar Chase was better than him. Listen, in college, in college. Okay, so remember, oh, you're getting me fired up, Ray. You're getting me fired up. Listen, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase was better than him in college. And a lot of people, a lot of people, that's the reason why last year a lot of people weren't on the Justin Jefferson train is because he was outproduced by Jamar Chase. A lot of people wanted to put Jeff, Justin Jefferson on the back burner compared to some of the other wide receivers because they didn't believe that he was as good as he is. Now, I remember I talked to Graham Barfield about this. I talked to a couple other people on some podcasts about this. And Justin Jefferson has always been as good as he is. He's always been that way. It's people just didn't know it. And he did it while competing ne- next to Jamar Chase. Now, Jamar, now flip, let's flip the, flip the coin real quick. Flip the coin. Jamar Chase was a dom a, the most dominant wide receiver during the two thousand what was it 2000, uh, 2019 season right yeah. he was the most dominant wide receiver in college football while he's playing to what who who is now one of the most dominant wide receivers in the NFL do you see the connection I'm making here you see the connection if you if Justin Jefferson is as good as everybody says that he is as good as the data told us that he was age 19 breakout had all those yards touchdowns next to a Jamar Chase if he's that good shouldn't we be of the mindset that oh shit Jamar Chase is probably going to be just as good if not better right he did all of those things while competing with the best rookie wide receiver that we've seen in how long Ever. 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 So that it's the you got you have to be able if those two work in tandem. Now, granted, where where Jamar Chase landed might even be a little bit better of a situation than oh, than where me. Justin Jefferson landed, right? The only the only thing that I'm gonna say is Justin Jefferson, for me, when he landed in Minnesota. I knew it was going to be good news. I talked to a couple of my Vikings friends too. I still have one that is unwilling to admit that I was right about Justin Jefferson because he is an Adam, Adam Thielen truther, doesn't want to. But Kirk Cousins supported two top 12 wide receivers the year before yep. with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. People were like, no, Justin Jefferson, he's not going to be able to do it. What did he do, man? What did he do? Smashed. So, but again, I, I digress because I don't want to get into, <laughs> this, is not a, this is not a Justin Jefferson versus Jamar Chase argument this is a 
this is a, a Jamar Chase versus Devonta Smith argument. Yeah. I think both are in good situations. I think the jury, uh, the, the 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 jury's still out on on whether or not um, Hertz is going to be right is going to be the the overall passer and the overall efficient, not efficient, but the, a productive enough passer to give Devonta Smith that floor. But you also got to say you you also have to think. On the other side of that, um, and again, I haven't dug into the numbers of what the output looks like for Jalen Hurts or anything like that, but even if he does throw a lot, I mean, we have a dude on the other side of the ball. Jalen Rager is he's no slouch, bro. He is. I don't. I don't know if people want to want to give up on him. I don't see his name. I'm I'm able to draft him in like the fifteenth round of all my fantasy drafts, and that is a pick that I'm going to make every single time because he's got the data to back it up. He's coming off of off of an unproductive year is right. his rookie year. Right. And he's an, it's an unproductive rookie year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, did he deal with any, any injuries or anything yeah, last he, year? He, he did, actually, right? He started training camp off on fire. Then yes. ran down to Jalen hurts interception in practice, got hurt, mm-hmm. came back. It, it just, it, it spiraled a little bit on him. He wasn't, he wasn't yeah. all the way healthy this entire rookie year. No. Exactly. And he is another player that had one of the more prolific age adjusted yep. profiles that we see. And now, um, and now he's coming in. Devonta Smith rather is coming into a situation where a Jalen Rager is going to be a very, very good player. How much does that take away from, and then combine that with the, the output, the, the expected output that Jalen hurts is supposed to have through the air. If I'm placing all my chips in on one of the, those two players, it's Jamar chase, who is going to be the, the, the undoubtable the undoubted, the undoubtable alpha in that offense, in that pass attack. And we know what Joe Burrow is. He's a good quarterback. He's a great NFL quarterback. We don't know that about Jalen Hurts yet. We don't know. I think Devonta Smith is a fine prospect. I think he's going to do, I think he's going to do, I think he's going to do good. I think he's going to be good. But I think, you know, age adjusted things aside, I think the, the, I think that the, the Cincinnati uh, situation is a little bit better and more conducive to a higher output for, from that wide receiver one position from a guy that if we argue that Jalen Rager is as good as he is, Ray, that's your dude. If if he is as good as he uh. as as we think he is, right, then then Smith is not going to be the unquestioned number one in that offense. If Jalen Rager is as dominant as his profile said he was, there's no shot that that Devonta Smith is just going to walk in there and command alpha ma- amounts of of. Of volume and and production, bro. So, uh, yeah, okay. give me Jamar this, Chase. This is Jamar this, is, Chase, this is this was the question that I had to ask. I had to get you out on that. I was not going to let yeah. you go without pulling <laughs> pulling some age adjusted Jesse Reeves out. But Jesse, um, I I just want to thank you, man, for your time for for jumping on with me and for everybody listening. Make sure you're following Jesse on Twitter at Clapback. That's C L V P. B-A-C-K. You can follow him on Twitter there, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube. Make sure you tap in, support good content creators, support dope work. Jesse, I love you, brother. Thank you for the time, man. Thank you for the time. Keep doing your thing, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me on, man. It's always a great time. You know it's fireworks every time we link up, man. Every single time bro Doesn't i really do what appreciate we're talking about so thank you for uh taking time out of your evening and uh let's have some fun this season and and best of luck uh to all your endeavors man and you got a supporter of me for life brother thank you man i appreciate it thanks for having me on dude
I stepped away from that side of my life, um, you know, I'm still infatuated with the game. I'm probably more infatuated with the game and 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 even fantasy football now that I'm able to experience it from uh, from less of like a, a wake up and think about it from the first moment that I wake yeah. up and I'm, I'm able to watch it casually. I'm really able to enjoy just the game of football, just the game yeah. of, of being, a, and then fantasy too, man, not, you know, not waking up every morning and looking at the waiver and then looking who's about tweeting what and what they're doing and how they're doing it. And how can I keep my analysis up with, with, you know, the, the Peter Howards and, 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 <laughs> and, and the Ray Garvins, you know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff, man. And it's less stressful, but man, yeah, I'm, I'm still infatuated with it. I'm still a diehard Chargers fan. Hey bro, Justin Herbert, baby. I'm telling so, you, man, the okay. awakening, the awakening. So, it happened. So, so.